We have talked about Judas and Philip, and we've talked about different characters in the Bible and how uh, Jesus was a friend of them, Levi, and, and all uh, these other uh, characters, the fishers, uh, Jesus going to the fishermen and telling them that he is going to make them fishers of men and, and those types of uh, lessons. And I've, I've really enjoyed preparing for them and I've really enjoyed uh, putting them together. And this one right here is no different. The question that I'd like for us to consider tonight is, are we a friend of Jesus? And if you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I want to look at some scriptures. I want to look at 26 through 31, and then uh, when we get close to the end, we'll look at uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. But kind of to get us into the context of 1 Corinthians right here, because we're jumping right into the chapter, but really the first four chapters of 1 Corinthians is dealing with this division of the brethren at Corinth. And this was reported to Paul through the household of Chloe. And we find that out in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. And in verses 18 through 25, Paul uh, discusses and begins talking about how God will destroy this concept of uh, worldly wisdom and how this worldly wisdom and this wise thinking of man is in no comparison to what uh, the message of the cross is. And we find out in verse 22 of chapter 1, it says, For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But Christ is the display of the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen. Verse 24 tells us, it says, but those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And I want us to think about that as, as we begin these thoughts. When we are in Christ, this is just a little uh, background and then we'll dive into the lesson, but in Christ, we all receive spiritual blessings. Amen. Ephesians chapter one, verse three tells us that all spiritual blessings are in Christ. And we also know that if we love him, as, as Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if we love him, then we will keep his commandments. Amen. If I love Jesus and I'm going to follow him, then I'm going to absolutely keep his commandments. Why? Because I love him. And another thing, John uh, chapter 15, verse 14, Jesus says this, that you are my friend. I will call you my friend if you do whatever I command you. So how can I know if I'm a friend of Jesus? Well, I know I'm a friend of Jesus by doing what he says, right? Whatever he tells me to do, I do it. And therefore I prove that I'm his friend. You know, it just goes back to this thought of what true faith is. Brethren, be encouraged by this thought. Faith is not just believing. Faith is believing and doing. Amen? 
Faith without works is dead. Believing and not doing anything is not going to count for anything in the grand scheme of what faith is. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Moses did this. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. But tonight I want us to think about this. How can we be a friend of Jesus? I want to look at some different qualities that are included into this friendship with Jesus. How can we be sure that we are a friend of the king? And I want to use these thoughts from 1 Corinthians. And I want to read uh, the beginning of uh, 26 through 29. And if you'll read with me, uh, let's go. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh... Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. And verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. The first thing to consider tonight is a friend of Jesus understands their weakness. Am I right? This morning we talked about the the righteous judgment of God makes us strong. And tonight, I want us to think another way. See, to be a friend of Jesus, a person understands their weakness. What do you mean, Matt? Think about what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians. He's saying that being wise, being influential, Being one who was born into money, being somebody who is rich is not what impresses Jesus to allow you to be a part of his family. Am I right about it? It's not what you got. It's not how smart you are. And I am so thankful for that because I'm none of those, right? I'm not smart. I'm not influential. I'm not born into money and I ain't rich, right? So I'm out. But that's not how it works, is it? See, the very things that people put as the most important in their life means nothing to God as far as deserving to be saved. Amen? Jesus wants this. Here's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants people with the attitude that they feel inadequate. Jesus wants people who are aware that they have a need for something different in their life. See, it's not that the Lord frowns on the wise. It's not that Jesus frowns on the influential or the wealthy people. What is he looking at, brethren? He's looking into that heart, isn't he? He's looking into us. He's looking to see what's different about us. See, he wants a heart that understands that there is a weakness. And the only way for this weakness to become strong is to have Jesus give it its full potential. Amen? You remember what Jesus told those fishermen. He said, no longer will you catch fish. I'm going to make you fisher of men. Sorry. Fishers of men. 
Maybe he said it to one guy, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. But to the group, he said, fishers of men, right? Sorry about that. See, a friend of Jesus understands something, though. A friend of Jesus understands that they need help. As you sit here today, as you think about your life, do you need help? Or do you know it all? You remember when Paul went up to the know-it-alls on Mars Hill? You remember when he went up there and he talked to the guys who were needing, they knew all of these new things and they wanted to hear these real wise new uh, ways of believing? You remember what they said to him? They thought he was nuts, didn't they? They couldn't grasp it, but some of them got it. There was a group of them that believed there was a group of them that understood as we sit here today, are we in that group? Being the one who knows it all, being the one who's too wise, being the one that is too big is not what a friend of Jesus looks like. See, Matthew chapter 11, you remember what Jesus said in verses 25 and 26? He said, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. I talked to Carrie Poole about this thought. Kids are so better than us at handling stuff, aren't they? You know, this issue that we've got coming up this week, it's got me anxious. It's got me, me thinking about things, right? But not my child. She's good to go. <laughs> She's not worried about it at all. Why is that? Because she's not even thinking about it. Do we have that attitude when it comes to our walk as a Christian? You remember how Jesus wants us to be? He wants us to be as children, doesn't he? He wants us to be so uh, understanding that you're in control and that's fine with me. Just tell me what I need to do, Lord, right? Why do we get in the way See, a friend of Jesus doesn't get in the way. See, a friend of Jesus does what he says and doesn't worry about it. But, oh, I'm a worrier, aren't you? I'll worry you to death. Come over and talk to me for about 15 minutes. I'll give you, I'll, you may not even be worried. And by the time you leave for me talking to you, you'll be worried to death. I don't even know if I can drive home after talking to Matt. Goodness. Jesus says that I thank the Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and you revealed them to babes. And look at how he ends the verse. He says, even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. A friend of Jesus understands that it's only by love, it's only by God's grace, it's only by God's power that we are made to be something incredible in his kingdom. Amen? 
I'll never forget it. And me and James talked about it uh, this last week when we were eating breakfast. And he said it again. And I love to hear it because it's such an important point. The lady, and I can't remember the exact story, but the comment was, we need to get you to fall in love with Jesus. Are we in love with Jesus? Are we in love with Jesus? See, God didn't choose the kind of people that the world would choose. Because <laughs> the world would pick a specific kind of people. Am I right about that? Yeah. They're going to pick a special kind of people and y'all probably out. Sorry. But God chose, God chooses whoever wants to be the light to the nations. Do you want to be that light? You can follow me. Do you want to be that light? You can follow me. I'm still in awe about the concept of Jesus going to Levi's house with this grand banquet and all of the tax collectors and the sinners were in there. You remember all the religious leaders that had a fit. They couldn't believe that Jesus was going in there. What was Jesus doing? He was on a mission. Don't you think when these people understood that he loved them and he cared about them, they wanted some of that? You want to know what helps me? You want to know what encourages me when somebody wants me to be around? When somebody checks on me, when somebody cares about me, right? When somebody's there for me when I'm down, when I'm hurting, when I'm struggling. See, the Lord made it simple. And he chose what was weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what was low and despised in the world to bring to nothing the things that were considered high and mighty. That's awesome, isn't it? See, he did this, why? Because he wanted to make an equal playing field. Everybody is weak without Jesus, amen? Everybody is weak without Jesus, no matter how much you got and how smart you are. And every one of us needs him no matter where we come from. You know, the beauty of Christianity and I've seen it when I go down to the preaching school and see the variety of people there. It's unbelievable. See, there's Spanish people there. There's black people there. There's white people there. There's Chinese people there. There's all kinds of people there. And you know what? We are all one in Christ Jesus. There's no difference. There's no difference. Am I a friend of Jesus? Do we know that without him we are nothing? You remember what Jesus said in John 15, 5? He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And he who abides in me and I in them will bear much fruit. But then he says this, but without me, you're not doing nothing. Think about the declarations that Jesus makes. Think about the bold statements that Jesus says. 
He declares himself something. You remember they were all astonished at the way that this guy spoke. You remember several times in the scripture you'll read and then all of a sudden you'll hear, and they were amazed at how he spoke because he spoke as one with authority, didn't he? He declared who he was. He wasn't ashamed to say that he was the one that if you don't have me a part of your life, you ain't going to be nothing. But I can make you something special. I can make you something incredible. The more you come to me, the closer you draw to me, the more you obey me, the more you do what I say, the better you're going to be. How good do you want to be? I love the concept in Proverbs chapter one when it says, oh, simple ones, how long will you love to be simple? Don't you want to be wise? I want you to hear from a wise person who had some struggles in their life, but you want to know who this was? This was a friend of Jesus. John chapter six, and I use this illustration a lot in some other instances, but here was Jesus who had told these followers and, and the group around him that uh, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You remember? And they thought, what kind of guy is this? And a lot of the followers left that day. But then Jesus turns to the 12 and he says, are you going to leave too? And what does the friend of Jesus say? Peter. Think about this, friend. Is this what you think in your mind? Is this how you act when the tough times come? When the questions come in your life and you think, I don't know what I'm going to do. Is this where you're at? They were at a crossroad at that moment. And Peter looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where am I going to go? You're the one who has the words of eternal life. Now, that's a friend, isn't it? You remember Jesus says, no longer do I call you slaves or servants. I call you friends, right? And everything that I hear from the Father, I'm going to give you. Because I want you to win. I want you to be victorious. Isn't that what we want with our friends? I don't want to look at my friends and see them struggle and laugh at them. No, I want my friends to be successful. I want my friends to be encouraged. I want my friends to do the things that they're supposed to do. And if I can help them along the way, that's what I'm going to do. Jesus is offering this. But brethren, do we understand our weakness? Do we understand that we're nothing without him? Because if we do, the next thing becomes live in our life. See, a friend of Jesus understands their weakness, but a friend of Jesus understands it's all about him. Look at what verse 30 and 31 says in 1 Corinthians chapter one. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. 
Because of Christ, this is what we have. Are you ready for it? We have wisdom, we have righteousness, we have sanctification, and we have redemption. Now, how about that? Does that change anything about you? I appreciate Mark's prayer. How powerful was that? How pointed was that? The direction that he led us in that prayer, and I appreciate that brother for saying that. But you know who he's praying through? He's praying through the name of Jesus, the one who right now at this time is making intercession for you. Oh, it makes me emotional. And it bothers me when people could care less. You want to know what happened? If I'm not in Christ, I die without him. But because of Jesus, because of his willingness to go to a cross to die for you and to die for me, not only do I have wisdom and a way to go. See, I fix my eyes on Jesus because he's the author and he's the finisher of my faith, amen? But not only do I know that, I understand that because of him, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. And you wanna know why he did that? So that we could become the righteousness of God, right? You wanna know what else he did? He made us sanctified. Brethren, we all know what sanctified means, don't we? We are set apart. He set us apart as without spot and without blemish. And he also did something else, redemption. That's a friend, ain't it? Think about what that friend did for you. What a friend we have in Jesus he redeemed us. He said, I will take the price. I'll pay the price. What is the price? The price is death. I'll take it. And I want to save everybody on it. I'm not just going to save one person. I'm going to save everybody. And I'm going to live a perfect life so that you can live with me forever. Now that's a friend right there. I want to say it again, and I, I want to say it with a smile. Jesus brought all of this to us. How intense are we to go and tell people about it? A friend of Jesus, see, understands it's all about telling others about these great blessings received through Jesus you remember the time where Jesus spit in his hand and he got some mud and he put it on the guy's face and he said, go down to the pool and wash. How do you think that man felt when he opened his eyes and he could see? You remember in Mark chapter two when the, when the whole building was full? Everybody was in there to see Jesus and hear what he was talking about. And it was so packed that these four guys had this crippled friend. And what did they do? They dropped him through the roof. And what did Jesus tell that man to do? He said, get your pallet up and walk. You think that man appreciated it? Huh. 
How many times did Jesus heal somebody and they wanted to follow after him? And what did Jesus tell them? He would either tell them, no, now's not the time. Don't say nothing about it. Or he'd tell them to go into the city and tell all the people what God has done for you. Is that what we're doing? What a friend we have in Jesus. But what kind of friend are we to Jesus? Are we a backstabber? Are we a liar? Are we fake? Are we a hypocrite? You know, it broke Jesus' heart to see the religious leaders lying and doing things that they thought was right. We're talking about the Almighty. We're talking about the one who made the system up. And Jesus says, woe to you Pharisees, you whitewashed tombs. Woe to you Pharisees, you go and proselyte and bring these people back in to the fold and you teach them your way and you make them twice what you are. When we think about our lives, do we understand who it's all about? Is this, is, what, is this on our tongue? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. What about this one? Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. And this is what the Lord says. He says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but watch this one, brethren, but let him who glories in this, that he understands and knows me. We know him, don't we, brethren? We understand that he's a Lord who exercises loving kindness. We know that he's a Lord that exercises judgment. We know that he is a Lord and he is righteous in the earth. Is our attitude what this ends by saying? In this I delight. In this I delight. See our joy, see our hope and rejoicing. It comes from the fact that we understand and know who the Lord is. And it's not about us. It's all about him. But the struggle comes. You want to know where the struggle comes, brethren? And I'm going to pray for every single one of you. I'm going to pray that you don't do this this week. I'm going to pray that you don't take your eyes off the cross. Don't take them off. Don't take them off. A friend of Jesus understands their weakness. A, a friend of Jesus understands that it's all about him. And a friend of Jesus understands that they are an example. Amen. I want to close with this thought. Read with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. <laughs> this is some of my favorite stuff right here, y'all. This is it right here. Watch it. And I, brethren, 
when I came to you, did not speak with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. In verse 5, he says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, watch this one. Paul actually shows them what a friend in Jesus looks like. See, he didn't come to Corinth with superior speech and wisdom, did he? He didn't bring to them the things that the world values. He didn't do a self-promotion. You know, that's what was happening in the first century. And we see this more in, in 2 Corinthians when Paul is having to uh, guard against or speak against those who were saying that his apostleship wasn't real. Because how these speakers would come in is they would leave the pot out. You put your money in there and they would self-proclaim just how great they were. I want you to listen to me because I'm a great speaker and the things that I say are really good and they're really proper and I've got great vocabulary and you really need to listen to what I say because I'm so wise. But what does Paul say? Paul doesn't say any of that. He didn't do any self-promotion. No, Paul brought one message. He brought one message. And it's a message that all the friends of Jesus need to bring as well. Y'all ready for it? Paul said that he had determined to not know anything except this, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Y'all know about that? Man, some of y'all been learning that longer than I've even been alive. Do we know that? We know who Jesus Christ is, don't we? We know what the cross is and him being crucified, don't we? See, I don't have to be a biblical scholar. See, I don't have to be able to translate Hebrew scrolls from the Dead Sea area. I don't have to be able to translate and, and, and properly organize Aramaic. I don't have to know any of that. You want to know what I have to know about? Jesus Christ and him crucified. What did that mean for the world? It meant there was hope. See, Star Wars wants to promote hope, but see, that's a picked up thing. That's a picked up thing from Jesus. You want to know where the real hope is? It's in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ. Paul wasn't trying to impress he just brought the message which is the most powerful thing that is ever known to man. See, it wasn't about how wonderful the speaker was. It was about how powerful the Savior is. See, it wasn't about that speaker. It was about the power of the Savior. See, Paul came to them in weakness Look what he says. He says uh, in verse 3, he says, I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear. I was with you in much trembling. We're talking about the apostle. Why did he come to him like that? 
He was struggling himself. He had issues that were going on. See, is it not true that people see Jesus all the more in our weaknesses? Am I right? When we put ourselves as the key ingredient in the story, people don't see Jesus anymore. That's a problem. You know what they will see, though? They'll see somebody who can't save them. I love y'all so very much, but I can't save you. I can't. I already failed that test a long time ago. But Jesus didn't. He never failed it. And he won't fail on you. Paul said that he didn't come with persuasive words. He didn't come with all this wisdom. He came with a simple truth. A simple truth under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, I want to tell you about this guy named Jesus. And I want to tell you what he did for you. And I want you to be a part of this team because it will change your life forever. And he'll be your friend. The only example that honors God is the example where God's wisdom and God's power are expressed. Amen? Not ours. We must be willing to show the weak. We must be willing to show the strong. We must be willing to show anybody that they can be a friend of Jesus. So a friend in Jesus follows him. And obeys him. And that is what shines to the world. Hey, brethren, I want to read something to you that our best friend said. Your best friend said this. That Jesus came and spoke to them. Saying all authority has been given. To, your best friend has all authority. In heaven and on earth. Now, that's a pretty powerful best friend, am I right? He says, all authority's been given to me in heaven and on earth. So I want you to do something for me, best friend. I want you to go and make some disciples. I need some more best friends. Go make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And will you teach them to observe all that I command? All those commandments that I've given you. You know those ones that are easy. Those ones that aren't heavy unless you get in the way. He says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And here's what your best friend's telling you right now. And lo, I'm with you always. Always, even to the end of the age. Now, that's a best friend. That's a best friend. Can I be a friend of Jesus? Absolutely. Are there some things that you need to fix in your life? Are there some things that are not quite what they need to be? You can pray. We'll, we'll pray with you. Whatever we need to do, we'll help you. But if you're here today and you are not a Christian, please submit. Be a friend. 
to Jesus. He wants you to be a part of his family. He died for you so you could be added to it. You do it by obedience to the gospel, believing who Jesus is, repenting and turning from your way and turning towards him. You do it by confessing his name. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. That's a promise from your best friend. And you do it by being baptized in water. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. You go in old and you come out brand new and live that life faithful to him, on fire for him, intense for him. And one day he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I got something for you <laughs> and you ain't going to believe it. It's out of this world. Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing. 